Welcome to Signs, Cosines, and Tangents. I'm Jared. And I'm Sean. And just let that wave of awesome music roll right over you. Get into it. I, I was into it. You were. You were making this like boppy sound and well not sound, but your face was going. That's what his face sounded like if it was making sound. That's how my face normally looks. Well, Sean, we're back after a week on break. Yes. Pre pre pre-vacation break. A precation? No. Predication? Predi- this Pre- sounds weird. Uh, we were vacating for a week. I don't know. I don't know there's, either. There's no term for this. There's no. We, we just didn't record one last week. Which, uh, you know, I feel fresh. Do. I feel Good. fresh. You feel f- so fresh that we don't have a topic this week. So fresh that we don't even have a main topic. We're going to try something a little experimental this week. Completely experimental because we've never done anything like it before. And we don't know if it's going to take, but we're going to do an all tangents episode. Wait, that's every episode. That's pretty much every episode. Okay. But we have lots of tangents this week. All right, so so what are our tangents? Well, the first one is yours, Sean. Um, apparently, they're going to be making a live-action Teen Titans show. Yes, so this is a second attempt at a live-action Teen Titans show. There was show. a first one? There was a first one, and it went to a pilot at TNT, and TNT said, mm, no. Pass. We're not going to do this. Um, and, and you've got all the Berlanti, you know, live-action... This is yet another sprawl of live-action superhero shows where they have no budget, but they're going to try and tell stories from the four-color page. You have the four Arrowverse shows. Right. You have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You have Inhumans coming. We have Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, uh, and the new... uh, What is it? The new... The New Warriors. New Warriors, yes, and Squirrel Girl, yes. And yeah, so um and then also uh Legion. Mm-hmm. And then there's the new X-Men series called Gifted that's coming out. So pretty soon every network channel every show will be about that you watch will be superhero related. So why should I be upset about this? I don't know. It's you're gonna be watching like a it'll be like Law and Order Gotham or something. And then <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot Gotham. That's another one. No, no, you really shouldn't have brought yeah, Gotham exactly. up. Um, so how do you feel about a live action Teen Titans show? Um, eh. It's not going to be in the Arrowverse, right? No, no, it's going to be in, oh, we forgot back Black Lightning. That's also coming. Anyway, <laughs> we could keep going on. For I was going to say, I mean, every show is going to, you're going to watch the Wheel of Fortune and the Flash <laughs> is going to be up there. He's going to be spinning it. Yeah. Instead of Anna, it'll be, Using you know, speed Barry. Force. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they'll make Wally do that one or Bart. The the evening news. No, Bart. Bart can do the Vanna job because <laughs> nobody likes Bart. Uh, no, it, it's kind of, I mean, we're in this geek golden age, supposedly, uh, where all the things we're, that we're I liked as a kid it. are all of a sudden popular. But I think this, we're getting into a geek bubble. It's, do you think the bubble's bursting? I, I think it's going to burst at some point. Yeah, but we've got, you know, the biggest grossing movies in the world are superhero movies. That's true. Uh, the not highest rated television shows on television are on, on the not highest rated networks network. on television are all superhero non-cable shows. Non-cable network. On, well, on the cable networks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got FX and, you know. Now you've got Warner Brothers actually getting ready to launch their own DC digital channel. Which. What? That's where this Teen Titans show was supposed to take place. Oh, so it's like their headliner for streaming? So it's like CBS with their all-digital network that they were trying to launch, and 
with the um all the Star Trek show that's going to be out Discovery that's never going to come out, you know, because yeah. it's never going to happen. And if it does, nobody should want to watch it. Uh, by the way, longtime Star Trek fan, I have no, Not, interest, no interest. No interest at all. I after the movies, I'm kind of I want Star Trek to come back to TV, but nothing about the show sounds enticing. But that's how I felt about Enterprise. And um, I ended up liking Enterprise at the end. Yeah, exactly. And there were elements earlier on that I liked, but we're we're tangenting on our tangent, which right is now. why we had which this is, episode this is, just be about tangent. This is extreme tangenting. Um, let's go back to Teen Titans. It takes a lot of skill to do this. Okay, what kind of? Do you think they're going to follow what they're sort of doing with uh, the Runaways? Is it going to be like a? T- are they going to have the Teen Titans Tower a giant T? Like well, I'm sure, and it'll Teen have Titans like 1990s go? era Babylon Five video, just five teenagers in a tower that they somehow manage. Um, so that's that's some of the stuff that they've talked a little bit about: is which characters are they going to use? And um, so we can't use Cyborg anymore. And and if you look at the Wolfman Perez era Teen Titans, which is kind of the classic Teen Titans era, when they actually saw a lot of success, and it's the root of a lot of the stories that we've liked in the last 20 years around these characters, uh, a lot of those characters aren't in the same place anymore. Um, and DC actually has two ongoing Titans comic books right now. Really? One is the classic Titans characters as adults. So Beast it's called Boy Raven. No, those are the newer. No, ones. No, I'm talking classic, classic. Who are the classic roster for those? So the classic roster is Aqualad, Aqualad, Speedy. Who's Speedy? Speedy is Green Arrow's sidekick, or as they now have come to call him, Red Arrow, but it oh. was always Speedy. Uh, okay. Um, it's Roy. So that that's how anybody who watched the Arrowverse would see. Okay. Um. And then you've got Wonder Girl, which is Donna Troy, and you've got uh, Robin. And the, which version of Robin? So it's Dick Grayson. Okay, the original Robin. So Nightwing, Nightwing. now. Uh, and then you've got the Kid Flash, who of course was you know Wally, and it's really confusing in the comics. We we'll get into that in a second. But uh, so you've got that original team kind of all hanging out, and then there's Lilith, who's Oracle, who. You know, or she's prophetess, or I forget what her her handle is at this point. Um, she was a classic character from the Wolfman Perez era. That's in that team as well. There's their psychic character. So they're going off, and and so you don't have Starfire, you don't have Raven, you don't have Beast Boy, uh, Beast Boy you, Cyborg, you don't have Robin. Cyborg. Well, Cyborg's in the Justice League. He's a grade A character now. Yep, he's not a sidekick because um, of the newly rebooted universe. Well, they have to have their Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, and then you've got you know Raven is a teenager because they've left her as a teenager even though she was definitely not a teenager originally. Um, you've got Beast Boy as a teenager. Um, and they're on the Teen Titans, which is led by Damian Wayne, the current Robin, with Starfire as kind of their adult mentor because okay. Starfire didn't get de-aged. Yeah, she got desexified a little bit because there was a lot of pushback about how sexy she was, and how that was inappropriate because they've been marketing Teen Titans to kids for twenty years. Yeah, um, even though the whole context of her character was always kind of sexualized, uh, she gains her power from exposing her skin to the sun, and just like Superman. Yeah, they they don't have the same sexual hangups as you know humans do, and. I mean, those were all kind of interesting pieces of her character from the Wolfman Perez era that got played up a lot more in the New 52 when when DC did that abortive thing 
that they're slowly unwriting. Um, which one of these days we'll have to talk a little bit about that stuff. I know you know you haven't read a lot of those comics, have you? In the new fifty two, I feel like I read some of the Superman. I read all the Batman, but Batman kind of stayed away from a lot of that stuff. Well, Batman died at the time. Yeah. He spent a lot of time dead before the new fifty two, and then after New Fifty Two, we spent a lot of time dead or somebody else. So Dick Grayson was Batman for a while. Yeah. Um No, it's anyway, getting on back into the Titans thing, I think they've got a a challenge ahead of them making this relevant to any of the popular audiences. So you've got the old school fans like yeah. myself. And I'm, I'm curious because everything I've learned about Teen Titans now is the uh, the animated series that was somewhat serious. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I don't know if that was Bruce Tim or maybe. It shortly, was. Yeah. Yep. Which was pretty good. It lasted, what, two, three seasons. Um, uh, yeah, three seasons, yeah. And then now you have Teen Titans Go, which... It's not serious, but it is really, really funny. And I know you're looking at me right now, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's a travesty!" But it there is, are episodes that I laugh. It at. is hilarious. Like I one have episode, to admit that Robin spent his entire episode as a cat. Whereas to... one he said it spent his entire episode as a bird. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it is a slapstick comedy show. It is not a superhero comedy. It isn't, and but they do a good job with it. But. Uh, that's all I know of Teen Titans. So well, and then there's the kind of the DC animated universe that's going on in the movies side, the direct-to-video movies, and they've been doing more Teen Titans-oriented things the last few years. So they just released Teen Titans: The Judas Contract, which is a retelling of a classic Perez Wolfman era story that kind of defined the old Teen Titans era. Um, and they made some changes to it to bring it into the modern age with the New Fifty Two kind of background. It didn't quite work. So, like, in that team, Blue Beetle is there instead of Cyborg. Um, And because Blue Beetle's a teenage hero. Well, up until the latest issue of Blue Beetle, he actually had that scarab. And, you know, obviously you've got Young Justice, which is yet another version of these characters that's all confusing. When are they going to do Baby Titans or Baby Justice in the vein of, like, the... uh, Muppet Babies? Muppet Babies. I I would watch that. That's Teen Titans Go. Oh, you're right, you're right. It's still pretty good. Anyhow. <laughs> well, Muppet Babies was so pretty good gonna time. be Last thing I have to ask you, who do you think is going to be the main antagonist of this show? It's got to be Deathstroke. But do you think they'll do that since he was such a major element of the Arrow show? Um, I, I don't... And, I mean, that, and then they're not trying to bring... Deathstroke's like all the rage now because now he's the proclaimed villain of the Batman movie that's never was. happened. He's not anymore. Of course not. Um, Ever since Ben Affleck decided he wasn't going to direct it, that the movie went into turnaround. And I guess they're looking at Josh Gad as the penguin now. I saw that. That sounds ridiculous. Uh, yeah. But anyhow. I, I There's everything about the DC movie universe is ridiculous. I'm just still holding out the, the faintest of hopes about Wonder Woman. And we'll get into Wonder We're Woman We're going to get into that. Um, let's move on to our next tangent. Okay. Um, Sean has allowed me to mention a Nintendo thing this week. So this is our Nintendo thing. Um, that I'm obligated by my marketing agreement with Nintendo that I signed. Um, but the Nintendo... That's not a thing. We are independent. Oh. Well, I meant personally. We don't take... I, I had like a ritual sacrifice where I gave them my soul. Well, that was years ago. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo has a me. new product out, not the Switch. It is the new Nintendo 2DS XL. So... Isn't there already a 2DS? There was a 2DS. Isn't it already big? No. It was this thing you couldn't fold, right? 
right, it was because this tablet they were with afraid, two screens. It was marketed towards small children. Um, like all Nintendo should be. And so it, was, it didn't have a hinge <laughs> that could be broken. So it was just one big flat sort of baby tablet with two screens. Yeah, two screen tablet makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is their last rumored to be the last in the flagship of 3DS products that couldn't be any more confusing. But, uh, you know, they say they're going to be keep, keep making games. So is this 3DS. a new version of the DSi? <laughs> no, this is this is a sequel to the 3DS. So it's a non-3DS. Yes. Okay. Get it? No. They're, we'll come back to that, though. Whoever markets Nintendo... <laughs> yeah, we're going to get back to that, but whoever names Nintendo products needs to stop. They need to fire that person well, with the Wii and the Wii U and the new Super Mario Brothers and, and the new Super Mario Brothers U and the new Super Mario Brothers Me and the new Super Mario Brothers those guys. I mean... And Super Mario Maker 14, and yeah, there's there's lots of problems with the way they translate their branding in America. Yeah, absolutely. Anyhow, so do you think you're going to get one, Sean? Uh, a 2DS XL? No. Okay. Next one's yours, buddy. The next one is mine. Them's Fighting Herds, the My Little Pony fighting game. Actually, it started out as a My Little Pony fighting game. It's I, not now. I read about this after you sent it to me, and apparently one of the artists is involved yes. with the game of My One of the Pony. lead artists for My Little Pony, who's responsible for bringing My Little Pony into the modern era um, and making it not completely a cash-in. The, like the, the audience wants to know, Sean, are you a uh, brony? I am not. Okay. However, I am brony adjacent in the fact that my daughters and my son are fans of My Little Pony. Your daughters are bronies? Well, they can't be bronies because <laughs> they're daughters. Um, but Connor went through a phase where he was like that and Undertale and uh, some other troll comic on the internet thing. I don't know what that was. But some everybody out there is going, it's this. And I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. So do you think this has a large audience? I think it'll have an amazingly large, large audience. Actually, it was kickstarted. So you think we're going to see this at Evo next year? You know... It can't be any worse than Street Fighter Five. Uh, Street Fighter Five or Ultra Street Fighter Two, the final challengers were definitely making this the last one. Championship Asterix. edition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you know Capcom does have the same Japanese marketing problem that Nintendo has, um, but in this case, so it started out as a My Little Pony fighting game originally. And there was a cease and desist from the copyright holders, which I believe are Hasbro, saying, hey, you can't use My Little Pony. This is cool and all. We like it, but you know we're not going to let you infringe on our intellectual property. It's a legal thing. It's not that we don't like it. And so one of the artists was like, hey, this is a cool idea. Let me help you, and we'll make it not just My Little Ponies. Now it's like deer and cows and cats. But done very much in the style and in the vein. Um, and it's a cel-shaded kind of look, so it's got the look of the TV show. Um, and you are in a fighting game. with a, a It's a two-on-two fighting game, I believe. So in the vein of like a Marvel versus Capcom. I don't know. I, I would love to see something like this hit big and go to Evo. I think that would be so hilarious. So are you just putting this on here because you want to see it move on hey i'm gonna use all my influence to make this a thing don't we have enough fighting games as it is we don't have enough fighting games we got another one that was just announced that i don't understand why they're doing it which one marvel versus capcom infinite that's because that's 
it's a money maker. People will buy it. Well, okay, so I've bought the last two also. But also, there's a Mega Man X statue in the collector's edition for people like me who are Mega Man nerds. Even though comp- it's not a Mega Man game. Oh yeah, so let's go into that tangent. Let's just you, go ahead. You want to move into, into, that, into one? that one? You want to just skip over? Yeah, that one? yeah. Let's just let's just slide into that. Just slide over. So we're gonna Mega Man. Okay, so when was the last official Mega Man game? Mega Man Ten. Okay. That was the last one? I believe. Didn't they do like Star Force or Net No, those don't count. Or... Those aren't official Mega Man games. Oh my gosh. In the Prime series, Mega Man 10 is the last game. Don't get me started about the Mega Man timeline. I can, <laughs> I can recount that for everybody. Um, It is rumored that Capcom is working with, uh, oh, I forgot the developer's name, the same people that brought you Mega Man Legacy 1, the Mega Man Legacy one. Collection. Yeah. They're making a sequel. Okay. The first one contained Mega Man 1 through 6. And it was like 6 bucks on Xbox One this week. I bought it. Yeah, it came out for $20 when it first came out. Um, They're going to make Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 with uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10. 7, the Super Nintendo, 8, PlayStation 1, and the last two were downloadable games that never saw it outside of Xbox 360 or PS3. They haven't been released for modern consoles. They were released for PC, and they never saw a physical release. Yeah, and they're not backward compatible. Yeah. So So, more Mega Man without giving us a new Mega Man. Which seems to be a problem for, for Capcom and Konami both. So we were talking about, and, and this will seem like a weird segue, but we were talking about Super Bomberman. And they're releasing DLC for Super Bomberman? Yeah. They, 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 the new shapes of bombs? What's this DLC? Uh, the proclaimed DLC contains all of your favorite uh, Konami characters, such as Simon Belmont from Castlevania. Uh, Pyramid Head from oh. Silent Hill. Because we want to see him explode in a grid. And I forget who the third one is. Do they is. get special bombs or something? I mean, are they monsters? How, they, how does this it's work? It's just a skin. For Bomberman. For Bomberman. So Bomberman can become a homicidal monster? Yeah. Well, he already oh, is. Gradius. He's dropping. It's going to have Vic Viper is the third one. And you're going to have the Vic Viper flying around yeah. and bombing bombs? I forgot Konami has Gradius. That really makes me want another Gradius game. Let's yeah, see. well, that the age of those shooters are kind of faded. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But I mean, the last great one was Ikaruga, but no, well, that was a uh, treasure. Yeah, they made they made a Raiden Five that came out for Xbox One. Hmm. I didn't even know that. Pretty good. Okay, but so this Anyhow. is a, a trend we're seeing with a lot of the, especially the Japanese publishers. Uh, I don't see it as much with the American publishers. Well, you could argue with all of the HD remasters. And yeah, but the- no, this is different. This is them pimping their characters in games that they don't belong in. Oh, oh, the Bomberman. Yeah. Well, and and Mega well, Man. Mario or Nintendo was has been doing it. In fact, uh, well, that's not true. to go back to Nintendo, but no, not to pop- go back to. We never go back and talk about Nintendo. I'm playing Super Mario Kart lately for the switch and uh i saw a meme going online how's bayonetta's cart in super mario kart i would love that anyhow <laughs> somebody was like i'm playing as an animal crossing character in an f-zero car in hyrule in a mario game well all of those though are are nintendo franchises no i i agree but it's it's moved it's, way beyond a mario game yeah at this point it's not as weird as smash brothers where you've got you know snake and ryu and bayonetta 
and all of the characters from and Mr. Game and Watch, Xenosaga, yeah, <laughs> you know, Shulk, um, or Xenoblade. Sorry, not Xenosaga. I, that was a better one. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm still waiting for when they have uh, Tetris, the T piece as a playable character in Smash Brothers. Uh, and then the final smash. The final smash is all the Tetris pieces come down and it completes a line and blows. That'd be amazing. <laughs> okay, so get on that. <laughs> I'm sure you can mod that in, right? I'm sure somebody has already. Anyhow, so so what's the deal with this? I mean, they're not making games with these characters. It's like they're only doing this to keep the copyright alive. I, that's probably it. I don't know. I mean, Konami is different. Capcom's still profitable. They're still making new games. I mean, you've got your Street Fighter, Dead Rising, and your Street Fighter, and your Street Fighter, and your Resident Evils. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not seeing anything new from these guys. Oh, well, you brought this up when we were talking before the show. Konami's making another Metal Gear game. Yeah. Um, you know, Metal Gear Five, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, uh, critically acclaimed, rushed out the door, pushed uh, Kojima out the door. You guys love that game. Well. Konami in their infinite wisdom saw what Kojima could not see and they're making Metal Gear a zombie survival game. Metal Gear Survive. Huh? They're taking the Metal Gear 5 engine. No, and... no, no, I heard you. Oh. I, I, I'm just trying to process that. Well, it's based off of their popular Metal Gear Solid 5 pachinko machine. <laughs> well, that is very popular from what I hear in the pachinko parlors of Thailand. I I don't know. I, it just seems like they don't. They're afraid to do something new. Okay. And they're still just trying to keep the brands alive. So maybe this begins up a bigger question: Is the Japanese game development scene dead? No. Is it much smaller than it has been, or is it just Nintendo? No, you've got Platinum Games out there. I you mean, got Platinum. You've got Atlas. You you know, NIS America still making games. Yeah. But I mean, my point is that the kind of the big publishers in the East, who who were always you know kind of making an impact here in the West, you're down to two or three of them left. Yeah, and I think the the thing about Japanese games is to compete in the sixty dollar triple A market, they can't. So near competed pretty well. Nio compete completed uh, competed pretty well. Those but both sell very well. Limited. Dark Souls from Software is doing a great job. Dark, with those. Dark Souls is a good good example, but it's not a t- traditionally Japanese game. Yeah, um, it's much more of an a, 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 a Easternization of, of a Western game exactly. style. Um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. I I, I see these class. They're just kind of reusing these classic nostalgia elements to milk money out of people, and again. These are corporations. They want to make money off of us. I just wish they'd put a little bit more effort into it. Well, I mean, the 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 collections they have released, at least the Mega Man Legacy Collection, was a really solid release. It was even mm-hmm. better than the, um, at least the six games they released was better than the Man- Mega Man Anniversary Right, collection. and we've talked about this previously where they left all of the artifacts in and the bugs, and, and they made sure that those were all still there. Well, and, and they- just the way, the way that, there was lag in the original or the anniversary releases on mm-hmm. GameCube and PS2. And, you know, they've made sure it feels like you've remembered it feeling back in the day. Um, and have released lots of little art tidbits and everything, music collections for those that really want to play the game. But I, 
I I I want another Mega Man game. I want. I think there is room for that in there. Well, we can keep hoping. But um, it may Legacy, have to be a different type. When of we game. were just talking about this, Mega Man Legacy, it's going to have Mega Man Nine and Ten, which came out less than ten years ago. And Barely it's, less. Than 10 it's considered years ago. Legacy at this point. I think so. Ten years in video nine games. Nine and ten were good. I thought, although I think the that's a whole console generation. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's and PS3. We're, we're already what three, four years into the new gen now, which is hard to believe. It is really hard to believe. Oh, well, we may be in the last generation of the consoles as based on what their plans are. I mean, with the PS Pro and the Scorpio and and all of those things. And and you know, it's funny that I bring up the Scorpio. Because it's we've got no information about it other than its tech specs, and we've talked about this before. Well, we have some information. Well, what information do we actually have? It's going to have an FPS monitor on it. No, the dev kits have I know, an FPS monitor on it. I saw this. We'll link to it in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. The uh, dev model has a dedicated FPS monitor on the front. and Because wh- that's important. Well, when it was first published, it was... It was a lot of the news outlets were pretty much saying this was coming for the consumer side. And then people were getting excited about it. And I was like, is this really where we are with games now that we have to have? Oh, if it's if it's 59 FPS, it is. I can't play it. It It can't maintain a solid 60 FPS unplayable on my screen that has a 28 second input lag. And I'm just so tired of the technical. (laughs) Can we just talk about the games first and then worry about the FPSs? You know, it's funny. Um, for many, many, many years, we've had this argument about the PC Master Race and how they were all about technology. And I think things are kind of flipping. It's almost like the console guys and gals only care about the technology now. Well, I think we've talked about that previously, too. Between the PS, the Sony side of things and the Microsoft side of things, mm-hmm. Sony seems more focused about their content. Exclusives, oh, stuff yeah. like that. And Microsoft... Being Microsoft, you know, all those wonderful products that you love from Microsoft. Microsoft Office, the Microsoft Zoom, the Microsoft uh, the Windows Zoom. Phone. Oh, my gosh. All of you, everybody. That hey, the listens- Microsoft Surface. Oh, wait. The Surface was actually successful. Hey, they're making a Surface laptop finally. Because yeah, they've abandoned what made the Surface interesting to make another laptop to compete with Apple. What? Hey. Anyway. Anyhow. That's, that's a tangent. That's a tangent. <laughs> Anyhow, so... I don't know. I, I think the idea is to have consoles more modular because everybody talks about PCs. You can upgrade a video card to make them more modular so they can last longer. And we've seen con- the last console generation lasted about nine years, which was unprecedented compared yeah. to the three to four year cycles of the days old. Um, it was closer to, I mean, the PS2 era was closer to seven years. No, it was really five. I mean, if you think mm. about it, when the consoles were coming out, it wasn't seven. Seven was put. I mean, it was relevant for seven years, but it was five years before they announced most. the PS3. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I don't know. It was much faster paced when we were saying, "Oh, there's a new console." But the technology now. wasn't changing that rapidly either. No. And now it's changing every six weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, especially video technology, and I mean, just speed of RAM, the fact that we moved into a flash-based environment in the world. You know, you look at even enterprise systems and, you know, kind of people buying storage. They don't buy disk storage anymore. No. You know, for your backups, big corporations are buying all flash arrays. And the fact that we have that much flash RAM makes these systems so much faster. Hey, it's almost like we have cartridges. Hey. (laughs) Which weren't really flash, but, I mean, they were that fast. Yep. Um, Everything old is new again. 
That's really where we're so going. So the, the Scorpio is supposed to come out this year, right? Supposedly, we're going to hear more around E3. And probably holiday release. It'll be a holiday release. Do you think you're going to get one? I don't know. So I bought a PS4 Pro, but I don't have any 4K TVs in my house. I just upgraded all the TVs about a year and a half ago. So I've got nice TVs, but they don't do 4K. I'm not ready to replace all of those, you know, 60-inch, 47-inch TVs with something that would really take advantage of this. I haven't seen the advantage of the PS Pro. So what's the Scorpio going to go? I don't know. I mean, I think that's a good question. Is is anybody out there, have they upgraded to 4K? Are you looking at 4K and saying, I need to have this? Or is everybody still content with their 1080p So this is the thing that they've been talking about for the last five to seven years in consumer electronics. The jump from SD to HD was a huge technological leap and a huge difference in clarity and resolution. Everybody agrees that moving to HD made television viewing more refined. It was better, right? Going from HD to SHD to XHD UHD. to UHD to 4K. UHF. You know, the, the gains from this point on start to become really minimal. Yep. Especially when you're talking that first off, the average size of a TV has gotten ginormous. I think I was walking through Costco or Sam's the other day one of the warehouse clubs and they had a 75 inch OLED 4k TV for like $1,200. And I'm like, yeah, when I bought my first HD tube, it was, it was a thousand dollars. Yeah. And that was like a 37 inch HD TV. So it's gotten cheap to produce. They're, they're large. My rooms aren't large enough for a 70 inch TV. Maybe I need a bigger house. Yeah. And I mean, there's the whole, everybody talks about resolution, but there's a certain, Distance versus DPI. For those that don't know, DPI stands for dots per inch. Yes. Or basically, you know, the pixel pixel consolidation. And actually, it can look worse if you're closer. And <laughs> there's a certain distance. You know, the, when HD came out, there was a lot of articles published about what size of HD TV should you get for your home. And they were basically talking, you know, where are you going to be viewing from? Where's your couch? What's mm-hmm. the distance from your couch to the TV? And, you know, there was a certain size where they said, if you're six to 10 feet, you know, 40 inches is pretty much it. You're not going to notice the difference. Well, and actually, it's it's kind of funny. We talk about phones, and this is a, a complete tangent here. Yeah. Our phones have gotten bigger, right? Well, if you're watching video on your phones, and we have a lot of people who do that now, it's still not my way of viewing. I may watch on my tablet, my Kindle, or, or an iPad, but I'm not going to watch on a phone. I watch a lot of YouTube on my phone. I don't watch necessarily. But if you think about TV size or... of the image and throw distance from the face, your Pixel XL or iPhone Plus, the size of that screen is about the same size as a 70 inch TV 14 feet away from you if you're holding it about 12 inches from your face. Yeah, the pixels are pretty much indiscernible in most major smartphones right now. You can't, unless you're holding it up right next to your eye. Which you can't watch it at that much. Um, so it's gonna... the same thing. It's it's about viewing distance. Right. And again, I think we may have hit the sweet spot where things from here on are very marginal. Right. You know, and if you think about the last 20 years of television and consumer electronics, what were the things that we added? So we refined audio. We made the speakers better in our old TVs. Um, we made the tubes last longer. We went from like domed CRTs to actually flat CRTs. Right. Um, we changed the guns in the back to make it be able to produce more 
true color. Yeah. And then eventually we flipped over to LCDs. And we kind of had to we kind of had to go back in a lot of respects for refresh rate and darker blacks and stuff well, like that. Well, the tube will always be faster. Right. A light gun is always going to be faster than crystals reflecting off a gel surface. Right. Which is what an LCD is. Um and and on in in just a tangent off this tangent, I'm they trained. finally stopped the last CRT manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. Has stopped producing CRT tubes. What is that going to do for the retro community and the Smash Melee community? Because they only play in CRT VDs. Well, and anybody who's like an old school arcade fan, I mean, you've been able to buy these home arcade games with the 8,000 systems in it, and they almost always came with tubes. Now they have to switch over to LCDs, and there's a lot of people who look at that and go, well, you don't get the interpolation, you don't get the video artifacts. Even if you simulate it, it doesn't have the same experience. Right. Um, so the purists out there are going to be – there's going to be this kind of scrap market, I think, for the next five to ten years. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I wrote about this a while ago about something called retrofication. And it's basically where you're using software emulation to emulate um, those – The lower technology capabilities. The lower technology capabilities <laughs> to basically use modern technology to replicate the older technology – do you think they'll do that for... Oh, CRTs? they already are. I mean, they yeah, they have like the CRT so, filters and the scan lines. No, if you look at the RetroPie, right? So there's a... a the RetroPie is um, a, a, a Raspberry Pi-based com- computer chip system that they loaded a custom operating system on to just emulate old video games. And, orig- and it's ironic we we're on this topic because this was originally going to be the s- show topic for this episode. But the uh, RetroPies actually have that artifacting filter the video filter built into the operating system to introduce it when you're trying to play your roms so i absolutely think that the retrofication is going forward it's going to continue um input lag is another one i don't think anybody wants input lag it no they want to reduce it i mean it is it is proven that there is less input lag on crt tvs um, in the old gaming, I had a, I'm not going to emulation too much because we, we want to dedicate more time to that, but, um, that was one of the biggest things I was playing a game through an emulator mm-hmm. and I was playing a, a puzzle game, um, Tetris attack, AKA planet puzzle league. And there was input lag and I tried everything. I was like, change my, my TV to game mode, you know, tried mm-hmm. rolling resolution, and there was always an input lag. I tried using a USB physical controller, hmm. um, always input lag. And that was basically just due to the emulator. It's a processor limitation. Yeah, it couldn't it couldn't generate yeah. it. So, Okay. Well, well, we'll come back and talk about emulation in another show. Yeah, so if you guys have any comments on that, make sure you do get them, get them to us ahead of time. Yeah. Same thing with the 4K thing. We're really curious to know if anybody's out there that has a 4K TV uh, is it just because monitor. you, you want to be able to throw your 4K TV on the table and say, look, mine's bigger? Yeah, or I mean, Wait, just mon- I think monitors too, right? I mean, they're doing 4K well, monitors. Well, the IPS 4K IPS monitors. Does anybody the- out there have one? Tell me about it. What do you – and I know there's going to be a discernible difference between 1080p and 4K because they decided to go from a vertical resolution measurement to a horizontal resolution measurement because why? I don't know. And – but, I mean, is it really worth Marketing. it? Marketing. No. Yeah, well, it's easier to say 4K. Anyhow, moving on to our other tangents. Uh, isn't there a Wonder Woman movie coming out? I don't know. You, you, On the surface, you'd think there wasn't. 
Um, and there was a lot of talk, and this is a, one of the tangents that carried over from our week off, um, about Wonder Woman not having this huge media blitz that we saw with Batman versus Superman, The Dawn of Martha, and um, Suicide Squid. Uh, yeah, Suicide Squid, yeah. Yeah, um, where they just assaulted all of us with media everywhere. We knew the movie was coming out. And with with Wonder Woman, there's been a sense, I think, a lot of people are going, hey, I'm not seeing much about it. So there, there's an interesting article that I'll link to in the show notes about how we're actually probably wrong in feeling that way to some extent. So Wonder Woman has been well advertised in non-traditional media forms, but we're not seeing a lot of commercials. We're not seeing a lot of time on major television or on, um, you know, streaming services where you can buy advertising. They're doing a lot of tie-in promotion and that's their way of saying, well, look, we actually are more committed to Wonder Woman than we were committed to the other two films because we're doing all these alternative things to attract alternative viewers. And again, this, I think, goes to Warner Brothers not understanding its audience. Uh, just from perception. Because, you know, women don't watch the television. I, I think DC's giving up on their DCU ahead of time, perceptionally. I mean, that could be incorrect. Well, because, I mean, I've seen the tra- I, I remember seeing the trailer for Justice League. Mm-hmm. And it stayed relevant for like a day. Nobody's been talking about it since. Nobody's not really like before Avengers and not to do the whole Marvel versus DC thing, but well, and we just had the announcement that Aquaman has begun shooting. Yeah. That flash, they still don't know what the hell's going to go on. And they're going to do a black Adam movie, but not a Shazam movie. And I mean, so DC doesn't know what the heck they're they're trying to figure it out. They don't know. Shouldn't they stop? Well, they've stopped how many times now? I mean, shouldn't they just stop and just, I mean, oh, the other thing, um, another tangent and our tangent, Joss Whedon's going to make a Batgirl movie? Yes. Well, Joss Whedon's got a lot of bad blood. Well, he was originally going to make a Batgirl movie a long time ago. Yeah. He'd been pushing for that after Buffy got big. Um, and, and Warner Brothers at the time said, yeah, Batgirl's too kind of cliche. Fringe. You know, fringe for everybody. Yeah. And she's a side character for Batman. Batman is really what we want to focus on because this was during the Nolan era of Batman. And he said, okay, all right, cool. Um, yeah, I'll go away. And then he had his falling out with Marvel after proving that Avengers could make the most money of anything ever made ever. And then making the sequel to it that made money but didn't make any sense. And saying, well, that was because the studio got in the way and told me I had to do all these things because they cared more about the next four movies than they cared about the story I was trying to tell. And he quit. Which I get. Now he's going to DC and he's going to make a Batgirl movie that isn't is supposed to be set in the same universe, but isn't actually going to be tied to the other films. Have we done an episode on connected universes yet? No, we haven't. Should we? I think that would be an interesting conversation. I guess my my point about this is, do is that do people care that do they care? I think people care. Like, hey, does this relate to the other stuff I'm watching? I think it, to a to a degree, right? They don't care that it has to integrate a hundred percent. No, but they want a throwback or a, a reference to say, "Oh, okay." I want stories to be internally consistent. Yeah, they don't have to be connected. Right. If you want to say it in the same universe, then I said it in the same universe. I don't need them to all interact with each other. But yeah, but you make- know, because somebody in New Jersey right now doing their video game podcast is in the same universe as we are. That's correct. But we don't interact. We don't. 
But we can both talk about bad healthcare laws if we want. Consistently, they're the same bad healthcare laws. Exactly. But we're talking about the same thing. It's not like, oh, something happened in New York, but we're not sure. I guess it was the incident now. Yeah. And in this world, in this day and age, no. I'm sorry. We we all know the same things. Yeah. They may be bad interpretations of those things, but we all know them. Right. If we're interested in them, if the world changes, if there's a shooting in Paris, you know, we all know about it. So go back to Wonder Woman. Going back to one, shooting in Paris, Wonder Woman, good, I, I'm good just, correlation. I'm just cutting that one back and getting <laughs> back on back on the train. Um, Our, Wonder Woman, there seems to be a lot of hope in Wonder Woman, much like there's hope in the next Sonic game being good. Well, there was a lot of hope that Man of Steel would be good. There was. And I think all of our early previews of Man of Steel was they finally have this big buff guy and Superman's going to kind of be brought into the modern era and be interesting. And then we got Man of Steel. I think a lot of people's opinions about Man of Steel have changed over time, too, because there were, the, it was very divisive, right, at first. There was the people like like me who came out like, was that a good movie? I don't know what I just saw. I liked it at first um, until I started to really dissect the yeah. story beats. And then there were people like, no, this was a great movie. Finally, Superman's back. There and- were two two plot points in that movie that it took me a little bit of time to process. And then at which point I thought through it and I'm like, why the hell did I like this? Even for the you know 45 minutes, because my wife, Eva, and I were talking about it when we came out of the movie theater, because we always go to see the movies together. And um, we were coming out and we were talking about the whole scene in, in Man of Steel with uh, Jonathan Kent. Oh, my God. That that's... is the worst narrative scene in any film ever made, next to the Martha scene in its sequel. Where, you know, he's like, don't save me, save the dog, no, no, and no. don't let people... Forget, he's forget. Superman, he can move faster than anybody in the... Ah, forget the scene where he sacrifices himself. Just take that and throw it over here. Let's talk about the scene where he's talking to his dad about the kids he saved in the bus. And Clark outright asks him, should I have let them die? And, and he he's says, like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not Jonathan <laughs> Kent. And that's not Superman. Right. So th- that whole scene, anyway... I'm hoping we don't have another situation like that with Wonder Woman. My fear is that they will play up the Steve Trevor at a candy elements more. Um, and, and here's the other thing I think is a weird narrative choice for them. Going with World War One instead of World War II. World War One is a setting that is largely not well understood by the American public. I, I would even argue that the international audiences don't understand World War One. It, it's far enough back in time and you had world war two come you know 25 years later 30 years later the world completely changed after world war two we don't talk about the great war the way we talk about world war two well battlefield one notwithstanding right which is not a good representation of history um there isn't a common understanding of that and, and i think to a large extent wonder woman's story was so firmly grounded in world war two with the whole Pacific campaign and Steve Trevor is an Air Force, well, Army Air Corps pilot who gets washed up on the beach of Themyscira and, and all of that that happens. How do you do that in World War One? I? I mean, the rise of air power is happening, right? We all know about that. Yeah, but that. that was very late in the war and it was very minimal compared to World War Two. Yes. So it's just I, I'm I want it, I, I like it for the novelty that they're taking it at risk here. I like that they hired a woman to direct the film and they had women primarily as the writers. 
Um, I, I, I want that voice in this, my superhero movies. This has a lot of writing on it, um, whether we think about it or not, but a lot of people are going to look to this. This is the first female superhero movie that surprisingly has come out in a while because Marvel hasn't made one. Marvel the, keeps saying they're not bankable. Yeah, Marvel, you know, was not even selling female character toys for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. Captain Marvel's coming. That aside. But, they, I mean, <laughs> people were asking for a Black Widow movie, and we're not going to get one. No. Um, Instead, we got Ghost in the Shell. Oh, my God. So, anyhow, tangent there. Don't tangent too much, man. You might go tangent rogue. Um, so, there's going to be a lot writing on this to see if it's financially viable, right? But I, mean, I don't know that of- you can use the DC Universe as your template. I know, and that's these are what, characters you can't mess up. That's what sucks about this. And they have messed them up in two previous films. Yeah, and I would even argue the last Dark Knight film wasn't all that good either. But a lot it, of people love Dark Knight Batman. Rises. It was a different kind of story. It wasn't really yeah. a Batman tale. I think Nolan was bored and wanted to move on. Yeah, it was very Nolan. <laughs> that's true. Very Nolan. Um, but again, I, I'm. You're you're hopefully optimistic, but I will be there June second, probably first day showing, maybe the next you know what? day. Um, is it June second when it comes? It's out? June second. I think we should both go because I wasn't making plans to go, but I think we should both go and talk about it when it comes out. I um, think that's great. And give us give everybody. Yeah, a- I was really happy when I went to see Guardians yesterday at the cinema, and the cup that I got was a Wonder Woman cup, not a Guardians cup. Interesting. Now the popcorn holder. The deluxe popcorn holder was a Guardians one, so I didn't buy that. But I kept the cup because I'm like, look, Wonder Woman, I can take it home. And, you know, my daughters are happy that there's actually – because they're all – they were the ones who mentioned this to me first. They're like, yeah, when's Wonder Woman coming out? And I'm like, it's June 2nd. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I I, – There's Google. (laughs) (laughs) I've known about it for a while. And they're like, yeah, but we don't see anything on TV and there's nothing – I mean, on the shows that they watch. and, And I'm like, okay. So that's why I put this on our list of tangents to talk about. You mentioned a movie. I did. Guardians of the... Farscape, the sequel. Oh, Farscape. Oh, I miss Farscape. Hey, it's a good thing we can stream that on TV now. No, actually you can't. Mm. Farscape is no longer streaming on any of the services. Hey, and if you wanted to buy it on Blu-ray, they're $500 on Amazon to oh. buy them. So if I wanted to watch Farscape... I'd have to do it through illegal means to get it. Or you can buy it on Google Play at $15 a season. Oh, okay. So it's on one of the stores. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy two. Volume, volume 2. Volume 2. Volume 2. I guess we're going to give a review. Are we going to do spoilers? Um, This is coming out right after it released. I don't know if we should but give spoilers. I don't think we can talk about I mean, There's not much to spoil in this film. Uh, I got yelled at for mentioning that there was a Farscape connection. <sighs> <laughs> All right, so let this be known. There's potential for spoilers for here. We'll do you guys a favor, and we'll throw a chapter mark uh, after this. We can do that. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but we can do it. Oh, awesome. So if you want to skip We should everything... probably put times next to all of our topics, too. No, they just use chapters. They just skip. Oh, okay. They don't have to look at the... They don't have to scroll and be like, oh, but 305... I don't oh, no. understand this technology it's you're talking new. about. So... It's magic. Beep, 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 Doctor beep, Strange? Beep, beep, what? Beep, 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 Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. I need to work on getting one of those made. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be too hard to download. What did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? It was really fun. If I had to describe it in one word, it would be fun. 
which I think is the word you always use to describe the Guardians movies. James Gunn makes fun movies. Yeah, I think the first one was fun, but I mean, this one was just really, I mean, it was, it was just, there was no, I mean, and here's the thing about Guardians 2 is I wasn't expecting any emotional moments out of this one. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they fully earned it in this one, but it still got me. No, there were a few emotional moments for me. It um, still got me, and I, I had I, sometimes in movies when they make when they when they have like the cinematic score that swells with something sad, and I'm like something happening, my body goes into this emotional reaction, and I have to think to myself, did they earn this? And do you think they earned it? In the I movie? think they did. So the one criticism that I've kind of heard from people in just the two days, well, it's been out in in Europe for a week and a half or two weeks now, um, is that. You know, they kept beating people over the head with the, the theme of the movie, which is family. And I'm like, well, that was actually the theme of the first movie. Yeah. Um, and it's the theme of this movie. And that's called consistent characterization. And now we're getting some background on some of the characters we didn't get information about. You know, like Nebula plays a huge role in the movie. Yeah, though she, she doesn't have a huge amount of screen time. In the first movie, she was just angry and throwing people out of windows. It, and that's it's maybe the saw. first time they've done a villainous yeah. Well, they've shown that she actually has a pathos behind why she wants to do what she's doing. And again, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. And yeah. Um, but I mean, they keep hitting over that. And and yes, this is a movie about daddy issues. The first movie was a movie about mommy and daddy issues. Um, yeah, this is very daddy issue oriented. Yes. And 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 it's some of the things that you're you're sitting here watching the story beats and you know where it's going. Right. This is not a deep. This is not an M Night Shyamalan twist kind of movie. You can see it telegraphed all the way through it. But if you just sit back and enjoy what's happening, it's fun. I mean, yes, it's predictable. It's a Marvel superhero movie. Yeah, and it's not any sort of deep emotional drama with complex characters. I mean, they're not super complex. But at the same time, they're well told and consistent. And all of them are dynamic. Yes. Now, here's where I think the biggest problem is going to come out after this movie. So there are some things that happen at the in the climax of the film that affect just about every planet in the Marvel universe. Are they going to reference it? They will not reference it. I was going to say, are we going to see the tie-in on Agents of Shield this week? No, they're not even going to. They're and this thing happens in all these planets, and you see this destruction happening because of this thing, and you see Earth specifically. You see. Missouri. Missouri. And you actually get a glimpse. It's funny. I thought it was great that they brought back the actor who was playing Peter's grandfather. There's one scene with him in it at, at the end of this event. Basically, you see this car getting pushed. And in the driver's seat is his grandfather. I don't I know if you caught that. that. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, these are all actors that James Gunn knows personally. That he's worked with in multiple movies. That's why he casts them in his films. You know, and that was pretty awesome. But you're... This is the Marvel problem. First off, they never know how to handle villains. And I think they did a fairly good job in here because I don't think Ego is really a villain. No, but I thought I thought out of all the Marvel villains we've had, you know. You understood him the most? He, yeah. There was something about him that was a lot better. A lot better. More better. Better. Um, then we've seen another Marvel villains. And yeah, he still had that sort of. A hint of one dimensionality, I, I would say, but it wasn't as one dimensional. As so I think they gotta they gotta get out of jail free card with me on that one because he's a celestial. Yeah, and in the Marvel context, for those of you who aren't big Marvel readers, 
The Celestials are a known quantity in the Marvel Universe. They are basically these ancient godlike beings that were led to the creation of everything, right? Um, and Ego is a Celestial. And there's the, there's the Celestials and the Eternals and, and those intermix. But the other thing is that, you know, his point of view is necessarily different because he's not human. Yeah, and I like that, how they, and I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but they tried, the first part of the movie is sort of how he wanted to learn about his humanity and learn about life. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, you kind of see like, oh, there's no way this guy gets it. <laughs> and right. it's, it's sort of the, the plot part of the movie, but... Um, I don't know. I thought out of anybody, you understood his drive. You mm-hmm. understood, they made him. Well, how compl- much of that is Kurt Russell just being a, a completely likable, charismatic yeah. guy? I mean, this is a guy who could deliver the "I'm going to blow up your planet," yeah, and you're gonna die, and you're actually kind of okay with it because he delivers it in such a way that it's kind of disarming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean that's kind of the way I felt about. Even at the you know in the the moments of conflict that you see between Ego and, and Peter Quill, Star Lord, there was still an element of humanity, and for lack of a better term, in everything that was going on. Yeah. But ultimately, you're talking about a planet, not a person, and it's a planetary point of view and the perspective of a creature that was alone for millions and millions and millions of years. And then discovered that there's other life and then went to find out about life. And that led to, you know, what he's eventually going to try and do. And it's it's just, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. I love the movie. I liked it. I thought it was good on the every The soundtrack level. also, oh again, is gosh, amazing. I love the remix at the end. Oh, yes. my gosh. We were, oh, it was so good. So you listened and, all the way through the closing credits yeah. to the David oh, yeah. Hasselhoff yeah. song? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's a cameo. I'm not going to spoil it, but Sean just did. Um, well... <laughs> No, there's I, more than that cameo though. There's a bunch of other cameos there are, too. I, it's it, it's kind of refreshing too because they're not tied into all the uh, other Marvel stuff. No, they can kind of do their own thing. They they're doing their own thing, and it's really they don't have to remind you that there's going to be a movie with them in it. They don't have to do that. There were five after credit scenes. Yes, one of which is a throwback to the original print Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and I was explaining this to my wife too. Do you think they're actually from the future? No, no, they didn't do the, the the 25th century piece. Okay. But they did have all of the characters, including Yondu, who was a member of the original, the original Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And they kind of play that into how this universe portrays it. Yeah. And it's a very... So one of the cameos is a very well-known action star from the 80s and 90s. And he has actually a fairly he's, small he's part. He's credited, so it's not a surprise. Okay, so Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. And he actually has a very important part in this film in setting up kind of the fact that, you know, we always thought the Ravagers were just these space pirates, but there's more to them. They have a code. And taser face. Need oh we say. my God. <laughs> uh, Rocket um, is off the hook in this film. He's just hilarious. What did you think about the cameo at the end? Well, I'll just say this. The Watchers. That So it finally explains why Stan Lee is in every single movie. Yeah. They explain it in continuity. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. He's working for the Watchers. He's there present for every major Marvel event. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's a spoiler. It is a spoiler. But you can see it on YouTube right now anyways because they've already cut. Somebody's already never, Everybody's it. written about them. But yeah. um, I think even with the spoilers aside, you guys can go watch this movie. And if you enjoyed the first one, I think Sean's right. I mean, I enjoyed this one more. Here's the funny thing. 
I, I went and watched this in the theater yesterday, and I love going seeing uh, Marvel movies in the theater mm-hmm. near release day. Yep. The audience wasn't very reactive in mine. Was it for yours? There were very few people in the audience when I went to see it. But were they reactive? No, I think I was laughing more than most yeah, of the Yeah, I was like laughing. I was like, oh, God, I'm that guy. But, um, yeah. you know, the last Guardians I saw in the theater, people like were LOL. I mean, it was like this. Well, when did you see it? What time? I saw it in the afternoon. So, so I did part too. Of the problem, so if I had gone to a 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. show on a Friday night or Thursday release night, I'm sure the crowd was different. Yeah. Um, but you know, three thirty on a Friday afternoon when most people but there are still are, working. there are plenty of those moments like the Hulk smashing Loki in this movie. There are multiple. Yes, and um, and I I saw it on the uh, ultra screen in three D. Okay, so I know that your wife can't see the three D movies, so you don't get to go to those. No. I did um, see it in the ultra screen though. And and it was just it was great. It was it was fantastic. Anyhow, uh, let us know if you guys saw it. We are eager to hear your opinions about this. Um, you know, I think this, it was nice to see another Marvel movie that wasn't, because I, I felt meh about Doctor Strange. Yes, you did. And I you, loved it. You loved it, but I, it was nice to I see. I didn't like the plot so much. I liked the visuals. Yeah, the visuals were fantastic. And, and the world Inception building two. that they did was interesting. It was Inception 2. So. Yeah, but if you, if you <laughs> dug into the storyline of Doctor Strange, it fell apart really, really, really quickly. And, and it felt... Yeah, it felt really rushed, and this movie felt like circle I, hands. I this one I did I just I didn't know where it was going near until <laughs> yeah. the end, and I loved it. It took its time for everything. So that's another thing that people have kind of said is that there's some pacing issues. I didn't think there was any pacing issues with this. I thought the pacing was appropriate. I think people want like fast, fast action, action, and this one took its time to. Well, they, it hit you with the action up front. Yeah, and oh, oh the, the opening oh, the sequence is just so amazing. Good. Because it's it's your typical superhero fight scene, except it's not. From a different point of view. Yes, a completely different point of view. Um, and so to be prepared that it does ramp up really fast at the beginning and then it slows down. I thought that was great, though. I mean, to take the time with the characters, the dialogue between all the characters is really one of the best parts of it. And it felt it. so natural for all those actors. You, get, you really get the feeling that these actors inhibit these characters, or not inhibit, inhabit these characters. And they basically, these are a bunch of people hanging out, and they really are a bunch of rogues on the run that have kind of become a family. Outcasts that have yeah. become a family. Yeah. And and so that gets reiterated through the whole film, and you, you see, you know, Rocket Raccoon is acting really selfish like he always does, and eventually, you know, there's some lessons taught, and we all get to shake hands and do kumbaya at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've got a few more tangents here. Really? Yeah. How long have we gone at this point? We've we're at about an hour. That's an hour of babbling. Um, or tangents. Yes. Okay. Um Breath of the Wild <laughs> God. is getting DLC. Yes. Whether we like it or not. Well, well explain... we've talked about this. No, but we know what the DLC is for the first part of it is. Right. And I'm gonna explain it to you, Sean, and you tell me if this is worth twenty dollars. We are getting costumes for Link from Majora's Mask, um, Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. We're also getting an indicator on our map that shows everywhere we've been. This is paid DLC, by the way. Shows everywhere we've spent. In Do Hyrule. I really need to answer this? We get a in item that lets us teleport to anywhere in the map. So if we is this part of New Game Plus or is this in the beginning of the game? This these are in the. In the game, once you download the DLC, you've got this. Now, um, and then we're getting a Cave of Trials, 
which is very much it's which they're naming it the uh trial of the sword which is very much like they added to twilight princess hd mm-hmm. where you start off with nothing and you have to work your way through a series of rooms and they've added this to most of the zeldas in the past recent history but basically you start off against weak enemies and you have to make your way through like 45 rooms of progressively harder enemies to the end okay. and once you do so the master sword is at 60 hit points all the time okay paid how do you feel about this nintendo doesn't know how to do dlc I would argue their DLC has been pretty on point until this one. Um, now, this yeah, four dollars for a new Mario Kart car—not that big a deal. New character, right? new track, but it's functional. You actually—it doesn't break the game. It sounds like at least two of the things that you told me are game breaking. Yeah, this is this is the argument that's going on right now. Um, and I'll link to if you guys are familiar with uh, Game Explain, mm-hmm. they had a discussion about this, and it got really heated because <laughs> I can see p- both points of view, but. From a DLC perspective. So, and I'm taking my supposed anti-Nintendo hat off here. Yeah. Talking just game value, yeah. design, game. The, so the things with, that I focus on. With Nintendo's history, they've added the Mario Kart, which added new tracks, mm-hmm. new cars, pretty self-explanatory. With Smash, they added Now, let me stop you. What? Is this $20 inclusive of all future DLC? Yes. Okay, so there's a difference there. Well, hold on. No, there's not. Because they're not letting you buy these separately. There are two packs. There's this one that's coming out summer and one coming out with winter. This is the summer one I just explained to you. Right. In winter, it is a story-based DLC. Okay. A new side story or something. We don't know. I think so. It seems to me these are backwards. Yeah, exactly. This is something that I would expect them to release with an update to Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. or a new game plus like you mentioned. But this is the first half of the paid DLC. And for people like me that are pretty much done with the game, I'm not going to get to play with these features. I'm not going to go back and play with the new map mode or the teleport thing or the costumes. And, oh, cool, it powers up the Master Sword, but I've already pretty much beaten the game. Okay, nice. And the next thing is a separate DLC that doesn't actually take place in the timeline. Well, it's we don't know. It's, From what again, we know, it's about playing a zelda right that's the rumor but we don't know okay um again these are additional features like the map thing and the teleport thing cool adam and game but this is something that people are going to pay for the first push of people have already bought the game the next push of people they're not going to get these features from beginning game they have to decide whether they buy to get a map feature or a teleport feature which okay the map feature is kind of cool you can kind of mark out where i don't see paying for that Exactly. I've seen that as an option in a, in in a menu. It should be an add-on. Con- they should just say, "Hey, we added this part of the next the patch map. is an enhancement." Exactly. So this is this is really breaking the track record for Nintendo, in my opinion. Okay. Um, to argue your point that Nintendo doesn't know DLC, I say they don't understand it for this. And let's not forget they announced DLC for this game before the game even came out. They're like, "Hey, we're doing DLC," which is not unusual in the market. It is not unusual, but it was unusual for Nintendo. It's like- Injustice 2. We already know the first three heroes that they're going to add yeah. as DLC. We already we don't, know we don't Dark know Side is a pre-order bonus character. Yeah, I mean, so they're, they're not breaking the rules there. But the functionality of the game, it's like adding functionality. It's just really, really odd. It's almost like they were like, hey, we're going to do DLC for the game because everybody else does DLC for games. And then they're like, shit, what are we going to do for our DLC? Um, recolor costumes. Link. And um, um, 
Oh, there's a game. There's not even new weapons or shields or anything. No, retextures of the same stuff. Yeah. And so then they're like, oh, I guess we'll make the Master Sword cool again. And I mean, I'm I'm excited for the the trial area. That's, okay. That that does seem like a DLC thing, like oh, a challenge mode, so mm-hmm. to speak. But the map thing, it's really... maybe those are just secondary. Maybe the tri- they should really lead with the tri- the challenge mode. They should, but they it's Nintendo, and they really spent like 20 minutes speaking about map features before they were like, oh, it's a trial mode. Um, <laughs> so. I've already pre-ordered DLC, but that's only because I'm a Nintendo geek. But I would be really hesitant for. I mean, the game is fine without these features. Yeah, I won't so be buying if, it. So if you, if there's nothing there that would compel me to buy it. This first half seems what, and it's it's not optional. If you want the story, you've got to get these other things. So it just seems really weird. Yeah. Um, two more tangents. If yes. you're still on board, Sean. No, we're we're good to go. Okay. Um. So get back on our superhero thing. Yeah, because we can't have more superhero TV shows. Well, it's funny you say that because Inhumans is coming. Marvel, stop trying to make that a thing. Marvel's Inhumans. It was going to be a movie that was going to be released in 2019. They said, eh, we're doing that Inhuman things on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but we're going to make not another really, thing. Because the Inhumans we showed on S.H.I.E.L.D. have no relationship to the Inhumans that we wanted to make a movie about. Well, our Inhumans are mostly like mutants. It's like the mutant genes being unlocked. Can't say mutant. Oh, wait, we can't say mutants. Fox owns mutants. But they're pretty fantastic. It's like a group of four people that are fantastic. Oh, can't say that either. Uh, Fox owns them too. (laughs) But actually, I'm surprised Inhumans was not part of the Fox deal, to be quite honest. Like Silver Surfer is part of the Fox deal. That's so weird. I don't... Inhumans are a thing with the Fantastic Four. They're not a thing with the Avengers. They're not a thing with Captain America or Spider-Man. I mean, and well, Spider-Man, what, of course, what, is Sony let's, anyways. Let's get, all those Marvel shows we mentioned earlier that are coming out for TV, this is debuting in theaters on IMAX, the first two episodes in September. Yeah. And then they're going to be, it's going to be a show on ABC. Just like the original Battlestar Galactica movie in 1980 with Glenn Larson. What? You didn't know that? No. So it Battlestar Galactica, in- when it re- originally per- premiered on NBC. They did a theatrical release of the first two episodes in the movies. Oh, okay. It was the movie Battlestar Galactica, which rolled immediately into the television series. Oh, so it's like Clone Wars. Like Clone Wars, yeah. yeah. That's another good that's a more modern example. Yeah. So are we excited for this? No. And it's I mean, uh, I'm not sure, are it's you? It's like and it's they're living on the moon or something now? Well, they're not. Actually, they've said that they're not going to be on the moon. But they're living in the ocean. Well, they always did live in the moon. But they're living in the dark in a, side of the moon. And it's not going to influence Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the other TV show. About Marvel, the Inhumans. Or with the inhuman other characters. Netflix series that's coming out. Well, they're not in New York on the street level. I mean, come on. Or I'm just so confused at this point. So this is where we need to come back to the whole problem with Marvel not having a cohesive approach to their shared universe. And not... Again, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's okay that they exist in the same time, place, and, and space. but and, and I don't need them to all hang out at the bar and eat shawarma. Yeah. But I do need some consistency in the way that they present the world. And they're not doing that. And, and they blew that up with the whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. That's when they ruined the Inhumans for me. Yeah, and I mean... I don't know. I don't know if I have any more to say on this topic. It's just sort of like 
am I going to be interested? Is it going to tie in? There's nothing I, about this that's interesting. Am I to me. interested in the in humans? So at here's all? what this is, and I've seen a lot of people referring it to this. Inhumans is Marvel's Game of Thrones clone. Okay. Oh, I don't know did, how. Hey, want to go on a tangent? They've already announced four spinoff series for Game of Thrones. They're not gonna. That's not gonna actually come to fruition. I've never watched Game of Thrones, so. Uh, I have. I've watched I'm, all of it, I'm, and I've read, read all the books, either. and I I'm own all, all the seasons. It's you know great, whatever. Um, the point here is that Marvel can't do that style of drama on television, on network television. Yeah, it's on ABC with with family friendly characters. It's it's just weird. Yeah, Black Bolt is not going to be having sex with Karnak on TV. At least we might have a live action interpretation of Lockjaw. That's pretty cool. Oh, it'll be horrible TV CG budgets. Eh, maybe they'll put. A they'll dog. they'll give him a ring that lets him turn into a human. Just Here's to say, excuse to turn him into a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of mad about this, I think. I'm ambivalent. Yeah. I'm ambivalently angry. I'm the more I think about it, the I want to be angry, but I don't care enough. Yeah. To actually care. Will you watch it when it debuts? I'm not sure I will. I've actually, and this kind of goes back to our first point. I've kind of hit a saturation point. Yeah. And I am a diehard geek, nerd, whatever you want to call me. I love all of this stuff. And this is a, a huge factor of my job, but, but come on. Really? I, I, no, I don't care. I, watch- I've even stopped watching arrow. You know, I, I'm just so done with it. So I guess we'll pose that question to our audience. Are you guys still keeping up with all these superhero shows, movies, TV, dramas? I watched dramas, two shows. Game well, shows. Is there, there's, well, then they did that um, comedy that got canceled. Powerless got canceled. Powerless is canceled. Yeah, we didn't have that in our tangents, but um, that's no surprise to anybody who watched it. Yeah, I watched the first two and I was like, ha ha. And it's awkward. sad because there was some great comedic talent on that show. Yeah. Um, I mean, three amazing comedic actors. Yep. And some chick from High School Musical. Um, I just, I, are you guys keeping up with this? Are you interested in all these spinoffs of spinoffs that aren't spinoffs that aren't going to reference thing? I mean, are we done with Marvel? Are we going to get any? It's other? not just Marvel. DC is doing it too. Well, DC, Marvel's just like full, full blasters. At well, this point. it's Disney. They've it's got ABC. Yeah. No, I know, but they have the money to do it. DC's and Warner Brothers are still like, um, maybe come see our stuff. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, well, I wouldn't say that Warner Brothers is is a uh, down on its luck company. But I, they don't. They're not. They're not. But Marvel they don't money. have the. They're the, not Marvel Disney juggernaut money. No, they don't have the cultural zeitgeist working for them the way that Marvel does. I think once uh, Avengers comes out next year and the the further one, I think that's. You think the phase four will down. be the end? I don't think there's going to be a phase four. I don't think they're going to keep the hype after that. After Robert Downey Jr. leaves and. Captain America maybe transitions or whatever we don't know. But he's going to turn into a woman. Um. He'll oh, that's not what you meant Thor. by transitions. Oh no, that's Thor. <laughs> that's Thor. Yeah, let's not even go there. Um. I think they're just going to lose. They're just. They're going to. I think it's going to. I think it's going to deflate after that point. So you think that Captain Marvel and Black Panther won't be enough to sustain? No. Spider Man's going to go back to Sony, and I think this is all a big scam by Sony to get Marvel to help them get Spider-Man back on the map, yeah. and then they're going to yank it back. I, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. But that's what I mean. I just I feel like they're... Which Marvel doesn't mind, because Marvel's still making money. Yeah, Marvel's fine. Um, anyhow, so that's, that's it about superheroes. 
we're curious to hear your thoughts in the comments on are you done with superheroes would you like to see like inception 2 or sequel to aliens oh wait that's going to be a thing um covenant actually is getting really really good pre press no i'm i'm all for it i want to see it but at the same time in in spoiler they've revealed that the character from prometheus yeah is not dead yeah david not david or no uh shaw elizabeth shaw yeah no i watched the prequel because i'm a nerd too sean i watched the stuff no but but i'm saying that there was a lot of supposition that because they find her dog tags that she's dead they've actually come out and said actually she's in the film and or there's hints of yeah maybe not the actress (laughs) nomi rapaci or whatever her name is rapace i I don't know how to pronounce it she's but i mean i'm I'm not foreign what's new there we're in an era of of re hash hashing everything um and we are going to i I think you're right that there's a bubble i don't know when it's going to pop but if i'm getting fatigued in the great stories that happen in, in this is the old man Sean, Sean talking. Old man signs. Yes. The great stories that happened when I was a kid, when nobody paid attention to any of this stuff, is what they've been generating all this money off of the last 20 years. None of those great stories are being told to my kids. There are no great stories for their generation. There's just the stories that I grew up with. So we're going to have a collapse and there's going to be this dearth of information and maybe it'll wash over all of these medias like a fresh breath or a breath of fresh air maybe it'll be an opportunity for everything to regenerate and go dormant for a while and then come back with some new stories and some new ideas because there are still great storytellers generating new ideas even with these same characters in the comic books today maybe not the same same characters in other words they may have other there's creators telling good stories in comics. They aren't necessarily working at Marvel or DC because they're trapped into the movie pipeline. Um, and I would encourage people to kind of get out there and look at some of the stuff that's maybe not mainstream stuff. Yeah. Indie comics are really good. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there and and not everything needs to be a spandex story. Yeah. Right. And so even DC, DC has an imprint that we've never really talked about the comics too much, but, uh, called, um, Oh, God. My brain just went completely blank. It's young something. And it's an imprint with uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, Shade the Changing Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's these younger creators who've been given kind of reign over this five or six books, Doom Patrol, kind of these alternative press inside of DC Comics. And um, they're allowed to just tell their own stories within the continuity, and they can do experimental things. And... Those are the types of comics people should be looking at. They may be a little too weird for everybody. They're not mainstream. They're not the spandex superheroes. But maybe we need a break. You know, read Saga. Oh, I love Saga. You know, which is ostensibly a science fiction story, but not. But it's, an, again, it goes back to sort of family and relationships and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the days of the kind of cool independent comics like Blankets and some of those other... You know, the not image or, you know, image kind of like or dynamite or some of these other publishers are putting out. Seek them out, you know, and, and today as we're recording, this is free comic book day, right? Which oh, is, yeah. a, a, it is an annual event. It is um, the first weekend of May. If you didn't get your free comic book day comics or you're not a comic book reader, you know, this is something where you can introduce people to some new stuff because all of the publishers um, put some stories forth. 
And they're not full comic books. I mean, they're not going to take them out of their normal comic book line. A lot of them tend to be introductory. And they're a way to introduce people to some new stuff. And this is a great day to go into a comic book store and just have a conversation with the owner. And, and yes, not all of them are comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah, actually, I mean, if you tell them what kind of stories you like or movies or something, they can probably find a comic or something that you will enjoy. Or trades. I mean, we've moved into a more trade-oriented yeah. kind of approach to storytelling, which is fine because it's, it's small chunks that you can actually read in. Um, go in and talk to these proprietors. I mean, they know their businesses. And in nine times out of ten, you go in and you say you want the Marvel or the DC thing, they're happy to push you that way. But if you go in and say, you know, I'm looking for something a little bit different, these are experts in their in their trade. Talk to them about the stories that interest them. And I'll bet you nine times out of ten, if they've been in the comic retail business for any period of time, they're just as fatigued as we are. Yeah, and there's even if you want to go to do the superhero thing, like Sean said, there's plenty of great stories out there that you're not going to see them making films of anytime soon, like Red Sun or something like that. No, well, Red Sun, they're actually going to make an animated version of it. Uh, I'll stop. DC. Okay. DC animated universe. Well, I, I am actually be good. Anyhow, let's get on to one weird tangent, and then we'll move into our one dumb thing, and then final thoughts maybe. Um, I just saw this pop up later. Those of us who have streaming devices, our Rokus, our Xboxes, our Playstations, our... Apple TVs, uh, Amazon Prime Video is finally coming to the Apple TV, and I primarily watch all of my streaming on an Apple TV. Some of you guys might use something else, but um, I, I always forget consoles. I have Amazon Prime Video. It's something I get as part of my Amazon Prime subscription. Uh, it's rumored to come this summer. And it's another streaming service that we'll be able to finally watch on our Apple TV. So is this market pressures forcing Apple to actually let a con- competitor's service onto their platform? I think it's platform? no longer a big deal anymore since the Apple TV is an app store like everything else. Apps, yeah. apps, apps, apps. Um, you know, before who made it onto the Apple TV was a little more selection based. But, um, but shouldn't they be driven by market forces instead of... Apple wanting to control their right, and I don't think that competition is there anymore with st- streaming. Right? They've, well, I don't buy anything on iTunes. I never. Well, I, I I used to, but I don't. I do, but that's me. But I'm just saying, there's choice, right? And and the some, reason I don't is not because I don't like iTunes as a service. It's because if I buy something on Amazon or if I buy something you on, you can Voodoo, do it on anything. I agree. No, yeah. I've I've had that internal debate as well, and I have, I've bought stuff on Amazon. I've bought stuff on my Xbox 360. I've bought it everywhere. Um, but I don't think that pressure there is as a competitor for video because you could buy things through iTunes and you could buy things through Amazon. Mm-hmm. But Amazon Prime Video is their streaming service, right? Right. Um, you know, will we be able to? You're not gonna. Obviously, we're not gonna be able to buy things on it. Uh, well, not, you Apple's, can't on the Xbox. Apple's not gonna. So allow you can that. on the PlayStation, but you can't on the Xbox. Which is just again weird, but yeah, because um, Sony has a store too. Exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm happy to see it, but it, it just goes into this weird thing of, like, we have 30 different streaming services, and it's a hodgepodge of trying to find... The one thing I do like about Apple TV comparatively, and I don't know if Roku's done this yet, is you can search for a show on the Apple TV, and it will say it's on this streaming service, it's on this streaming service, yeah. and it prioritizes the free ones. So you can easily search without having to go into 17 apps, can I stream this? I go to a website that 
can I stream? Where is this? it streaming? Yeah. Or, you know. Which is annoying, but it's nice to have that built into the interface that you're gonna, actually going to watch it on. But yeah, um, maybe that. Well, welcome to Apple. You know, it's nice to have them kind of finally. being more consumer friendly. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, this week's one dumb thing is something that we already mentioned previously. Um, Sean, do you want to tell us what? Do you want me? Uh, it's I my thing. But- no. So this is actually, and this is, I want this for the record. I did not come up with this one dumb thing. I didn't even recommend it. I did, however, write the language in the show notes with some help from Jared at the end there. So I'll let Jared read the one dumb thing. Okay, so this week's one dumb thing is the new, new, especially new Nintendo 2DS XL Super Mega non-3D version now with thumbsticks and knuckles. (laughs) Okay, we don't have to say anymore. We already talked about this. What? Uh, don't so worry. the DSI XXL Deluxe. Don't worry, Super or they're they're going to come out with another version of the Switch eventually. It's going to be the, the new mobile Switch, Switch, Switch Mobile Deluxe Mobile XL 1080p XL 4K Switch Super Boy. Watch Scorpio PS4 Switch Pro Boy. Switch Pro Switch Play Switch Boy HD Deluxe. <laughs> uh, do we have any final thoughts, Sean? Uh no, we, th- we went all over the uh, yeah. And I, if you guys like this, this let us know. Yeah, this We're, format is something we wanted to experiment. We with. We wanted to try it. We will definitely have a main topic next week that we want to talk about. Um, well, and and j- just to let you all know, we are taking your feedback seriously. Uh, for those of us who were having the conversation on Facebook about we should play a game and then talk about the game, um, you even made some suggestions. Uh, we talked about survival games, and so. Before we began recording this, I verified, formally verified, that Jared had actually purchased and downloaded the game that he's going to play and I'm going to play and then we're going to talk about. Yep. Um, which hopefully we'll be able to do either next week or in the episode following that, depending yep. on how much time we both have to And play. I'm trying to carve out more time for some games. And they may be new games, they may be games that came out months ago, but we're going to talk about some more games that aren't Breath of the Wild. And we're also trying to figure out how best to kind of launch the, the, the backlog feature that we've talked about a few times, which may either be through a Switch stream or a Facebook live stream or, or something YouTube where, or something where, where we... we play a game and just have a conversation while we're playing it. Um, we, we've been thinking that we don't want to do the traditional let's play approach where you, you take a bunch of footage and you talk over it and you edit it down to just the cool parts. Maybe we... it's just that first hour of, how we is this said, game? We said we're not going to do that. I don't know if we're going to do that yet. I mean, do you want to do the work for that? Do you have the time for that? I could make time if people watch it. I guess let us know. Would you guys watch if we just did a Twitch stream on a regular basis where we played any game for two hours? And or we, just... we even maybe put it up to vote for the community. Yeah, you guys vote on what game you'd like to see us play. I mean, between our console games and our PC games, we've probably got a thousand titles we could just... I, over. And they wouldn't include Breath of the Wild. And we could do new... Yeah, we won't do Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually kind of, I want to finish it and get it done at this point. Surprisingly, I'm just want to move on to the next thing. That's but, okay. That's good. Um, it's and arms is coming out for the switch. So uh, I will be able to flick. convince Sean that arms is going to be. A so, yes. And I have to make a point that Puyo Puyo Tetris. Actually, we played last week. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but it's not enough to get me to buy a switch. It's a puzzle game. And because it's, then we move, rolled into Mario Kart eight, which is always fun. Yeah. But, uh, our, I already own it. Yep. So. Not for the Switch. No. And that, there's another indie game I want to talk about next week, too, that will make the notes. But 
Um, I don't, final thoughts, I guess, are we're going to listen to you for our final thoughts. What are your thoughts on this show, the format? What do you want us to see us talk about? Are we doing a good enough job promoting it? Are you telling your friends about it? Is this a show you're going out and saying, you've got to listen to these two idiots for talk for an hour and 30 minutes? I, I like to think that Sean br- brings enough uh, historical reference with comic books and everything, and I just provide the... Uh, History? Yeah. You're calling me old again. Well, I didn't say it in so many words. No, actually, you did earlier. I, yeah, old man signs. But that's that's my nickname. trademark. Amongst so. our friend group, that's my nickname, believe it or not. <laughs> So we're going to leave it to you. We expect comments. In fact, if we don't have one comment on our Facebook, Twitter, or uh, website, we have a website. If we don't see anything on that, we're not giving you another episode. No, no. Even worse, we're going to give you two. We're going to give you two episodes. In fact, Jared's (laughs) just going to play Breath of the Wild. No, no, no. We don't want to scare you off if we haven't already. So everybody, thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us at Fourscore7Pongs on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, Fourscore7Pongs.com. We appreciate your listening, and we'll see you next time. Manamana. 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 <laughs>